Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So, ladies and gentlemen, Charlotte is about to come on talking about how to reclaim the real worthy you. This woman is a powerhouse. She's going to really free you up to be your greatest possible self. So you definitely want to stay tuned. Before we dive into the conversation, I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. However, I can support you in that. Let's figure it out. Whether it's continuing your journey with Charlotte, getting her book, staying tuned to the 12-hour marathon, you know, finding a coach, finding someone who you really resonate with on the 12-hour marathon, and continuing your journey going deeper, uh, I really invite you to go deeper. Invest in yourself, whether that's continuing to stay tuned to podcasts, seminars, coaching, content that really inspires you and makes a difference with you or whatever that is, okay? Stay tuned and keep showing up, okay? Keep running through the finish line. Keep taking one step at a time. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by Anthony A. 93 Anthony says, Chris the man burns. Every podcast episode gets better and better. Not only that, you can tell how present and interested Chris is in each of the experts he brings on the show. Thanks so much, Anthony. I, I super appreciate that. And I love it. I love learning. I love being able to share this information with you listening out in the audience right now. So thank you for being here. Wouldn't be possible without you. And it definitely wouldn't be possible without our epic guests who are out to inspire, impact, and change the world. So I appreciate you being here. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. And you can find us there and uh, go give us a review subscribe while you're there so you can get all the latest updates and episodes and keep becoming your greatest possible self i'm going to introduce charlotte in just a second here before that though grab a piece of paper grab a pen be ready to take notes because this is going to be full of wisdom and gold that you can apply right away and really use to transform your life and speaking of transformation one of these ideas that charlotte shares about that we dive into in this conversation has the power to change the rest of your life so stay tuned from start to finish because one idea can make all the difference. So let's introduce Charlotte and we'll bring her on the screen. Charlotte Elia is the author of the book, To Be Worthy, and an expert in emotional self-healing. She's an intuitive guide and mentor to those who are ready to know who they really are. She's passionate about leading people to the discovery that they may make Pain, that they may take the painful, difficult, and wounded parts of themselves and transform them into freaking gold. I love that. She has a background in clinical psychotherapy and has been a student of her intuition for over 20 years. She's developed unique approaches to self-healing and self-discovery through her own experiences of deep transformation and healing. And we are going to have a rocking conversation with Charlotte here today. Charlotte, are you ready to rock the house? Superwoman? <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> I love it. We're going to have so much fun. Thank you for being here and just all the wisdom and what you've gone through to get to this point. I just acknowledge you for your, your growth and your journey and, and using what you've gone through to be able to serve other people. So we're going to dive into that whole conversation and what we're here to talk about First, though, I want to talk about running through the finish line. What does that mean for you, Charlotte? Run through the finish line. 
What does it mean to run to the finish line? It means that I'm already beginning another marathon or another journey. Mm. Uh, I was I was meditating on that on the theme today, and I, and I was thinking like, is there really ever a finish? Like, is there really? Isn't it the thing that we sort of give our ego in order to like compensate it to know that we're going somewhere? But really, when we get there, we've actually the next journey has already begun. Because we're all on this constant journey throughout our life of healing, of growth and expansion. Hmm. I love it. I love it. See, this is so great because a lot of the guests have responded similarly. Like there there is no finish line to really <laughs> how do you how do you show up in life with the most love, with most expansion, mm-hmm. connected to our infinite potential, to our source, rather than connected or living through like the ego, which is limited, right? Like the ego right. self is limited versus connected to our infinite, infinite cap, uh, capabilities and capacity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like, I mean, I set goals for myself. It's mm-hmm. like to compensate the ego. So the ego has mm. something. So it frees, that frees up the rest of me to then be in the journey itself, to be in the process. Because that's really what life is about is to be on the journey. It's not to get to where we're going. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You, you, you've made the ego your partner on this yes. journey how do i satisfy how do i how do i show you that i love you ego by you know uh, creating measurable goals and yes. you know dealing in in the 3d realm while still being connected to some higher source and self consistently yeah. Yeah, I really believe in befriending the ego. I think that our yeah. ego is actually here to serve us, you mm. know? And so when we come into a place of trying to kill off the ego or in this place of thinking everything the ego tells us is bad, we're really in a place where we're, we're criticizing, we're being awful to ourselves because yeah. the ego is an essential part of ourselves. And so it just needs to have a proper role. Right. Mm. Mm. We're, we're, I just I want to keep going on this, Charlotte. But before we go on this, uh, tell people a little bit more about how you're serving your clients today. You got a book coming out. This is such a great start to this conversation. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So I do have a book coming out called To Be Worthy, and it's all about reclaiming self worth. Mm. And it's about the journey that I went on, my personal journey of reclaiming my self worth through um, being worthy of love, being worthy of being the real me. Like all of me, not just the the light and beautiful parts of me, but the darker shadowy parts of me as well about being worthy and making new choices. So that means being worthy of taking risks of taking chances of pushing oneself beyond what the beliefs that you currently hold about yourself and being worthy of being happy. And so creating a life for yourself that meets you rather than you meeting it. I love it. I'm all about it, Charlotte. Yeah. And that's, so, what you're, that's what you're up to today. Yeah. You, so you that's really what I've been up to is this book. And yeah. I have one-on-one clients, but then everything else is about bringing this book into the world. <laughs> so great. So I know you have a, a journey that you've been on that really has you embody this story, embody this message that you're, you're out to share with others. Let's go back on that journey and talk about what, what really inspires you to help people with self-healing and transform themselves, owning their worthiness. Where did it all begin for you, Charlotte? Well, if we want to go back to the very beginning, it all began in childhood. And I, um, you know, there was, I was one of those kids where I, I never really felt like I fit in. And I always felt there was something wrong with me. Um, I didn't fit into my family. And so there was this, so I always had this lingering, um, really kind of strong belief system that operated in the back of me that I, 
that I needed to adapt to the world mm-hmm. and that I needed to fix myself. Mm-hmm. And so moving into adulthood, I, I went into careers where I was good at it and I received a lot of external praise for the work I did, but I was internally miserable. And I kept, I was in this frame of mind, I was locked in this frame of mind for so long that I just had to keep searching for the right job, Mm. right? The right place. I'm going to find the place where I fit. Something external is finally going to click. There's something external that's finally going to validate my self-worth. And I got to the point where I exhausted, I had almost exhausted all resources and I took a minimum wage job because I just stopped caring. I was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to find it. And so I'm just going to take this job. It'll be fine. (laughs) And then as soon as I did that, I got fired from that job. And, you know, this was like an easy job. And so, and the reasons why that the, 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 it was at the store and the reasons why I was getting fired, I mean, it made no sense, you know? (laughs) And so, I, I was just, so at that moment, I threw up my hands and I said, okay, you know what, universe? I don't get it. I don't know. Everything I've been doing has been wrong. My approach is wrong. I do not know how to make myself happy. I do not know how to fit into this world. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I just stopped. I surrendered. I stopped searching. And that's the minute I started actually hearing myself mm-hmm. that I had been turning away from myself for so many years, refusing to listen to all the messages. I've always been an incredibly intuitive person. And yet I never valued my intuition, even though my intuition was the part of me that, that led me my entire life, my sensitivity and intuition. And so in that and so when I surrendered and finally stopped searching, I finally started listening and hearing. And I was like, oh <laughs> hmm, what's it like to actually just spend my days listening and following my own internal cues? And where that started to lead me, it's A, doing things that I loved and enjoyed doing, but also I began to hear how wounded I was mm. and how much I had deep wounds I was holding about my self-worth. And so I began a journey of, of healing myself. Yeah. So I know that there's like so much you just shared there that we can dive into. I want to talk about the moment of surrender. And for you, it was getting fired from a job and just throwing your hands up to the universe and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what makes me happy. I'm doing this wrong. Do you feel like that's that's something that a lot of people would really benefit from is just the willingness to admit that we are doing it wrong in universe? Like, I'm, I'm really not happy. I'm not happy. I feel like something's missing. I've been efforting so much. I've been trying so much and I still can't figure it out. Like, I don't know like that, like. Just the simple declaration and mm-hmm. then giving that power back to the universe yeah. so that it can reflect back to us what is important? Yeah, I think so. I think the declaration, a lot of people see that declaration as weak. Mm. I see it as really, really strong because it's so humble. Mm. So as long as it's coming from a place of self-love, like mm. that's the key. Mm. Is it coming from a place of self-love and self-compassion? Yeah. You know, of holding yourself that the de- declaration is a, is a declaration of love. Right. Rather than pain, rather than woundedness, where you're saying like, no, 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 I can fix this. No, 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 no. This in me, this, this, just the fact that I don't know is wrong. And so I'm going to continue to think that I can like that I'm right. And that I'm going to try to, I'm going to keep trying to prove myself. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that it, it creates so much spaciousness when we do that, mm-hmm. when it's like when that declaration is met with softness of like, exhale, it's okay that I don't know. It's okay that I don't have the answer to this. It's okay that I can like really, really give myself over to a higher power that lives within me. Yeah. So I, I hear that what comes to my mind is a lot of people might do it in a sense of victimness and fear and like exhaustion. It's like, it's almost versus it's like trying to hold on to something like I'm so, so tired of holding on to this universe comes almost in like blame, like screw you universe. Show me what I'm doing wrong. Show me what I need to do differently. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted of this versus universe like i love myself so much like i'm done like you you know better you have Mm -hmm. the answers like i i i just want to feel love i want to feel worthy and i know you you you're more powerful than me so it's like there's it feels like there's two different places that you can come from in that declaration that would have it either work and be beneficial or not work right one is actually the first you said is actually disowning what you're going through and saying this is not my problem the second one is saying this is me. Mm. This is what I'm moving through. Like, like, like I need love for this and I, and I deserve love for whatever I'm going through right mm. now. So it's actually moving more fully into it. The second, it's like right? fa- facing, facing the uncomfortability, embracing it rather than trying mm-hmm. to push it away and run from it. Right. Rather than making it somebody else's responsibility, you're actually taking more, more ownership for it. Mm. Yeah. So powerful. Okay, so you had this this moment where you where you like surrendered to something bigger. How did your journey evolve from that point? I, I well, at that point, I knew I was never going back to to like the world of traditional work. I just knew that that was was not for me, hmm. and I I just was like kind of like trying things as I go, and I think. A lot of entrepreneurs, I'm sure you have a lot of entrepreneurs that watch your, your podcast. And I think there, there's this something that often entrepreneurs get trapped in is that like, we have to like know exactly everything about our business, you know, until we, um, until we launch it. Right. And I really did like the opposite. I just was like, okay, I'm going to try this. Okay. I'm going to try this. Okay. I'm going to try this. And whatever I was trying was sort of what I was like learning and moving through. And I got to a point, though, where I really felt myself holding back me in my business. So it was like, oh, I'm showing what I can do. I'm helping other people. But I wasn't revealing anything about me. And and that's when I, I realized that I needed to there was a greater journey on healing my self-worth that I really needed to do within myself mm. and that I could actually open my own gifts because I am, in, I have a, I know, I knew I had an incredible gift of going deep, of um, uncovering, excavating the unconscious. Right. Mm. And so I declared to myself, I'm going to heal the shame that I feel in revealing myself to others. Mm. And I, I made that declaration and decision. And then my own intuition, my own inner guidance system took me on that journey. And so this is not a journey that's like, I went here and talked to this person and da, 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 da. It was, I went to bed and had this dream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I woke up this day and I was in tears. (laughs) You know, Um, it's, it's, it was, it was that kind of, 
of spiritual journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also hear that it's not immediate. It's you, you can't really plan or predict where it's going to go. It's just on, on a daily basis saying, you know, guide me, lead me. What's the next Yes. layer of of you know shame or guilt or whatever is mm-hmm. has been piled on over my journey on like the ego and that's trying to protect mm-hmm. me how can i give that love how can i share that how can i release that from me and that happens in so many different ways you know there's so many right. different exercises so many different life circumstances that come to help us free ourselves from that right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So I know that there's people in the audience who are going through tons of shame, tons of guilt, tons of regret, and they're holding stuff that they know that they don't want to hold anymore. How can they start to move through that stuff, Charlotte? So it's, it begins, like you said, with, with making a decision, you know, um, that, I'm, that I'm going to move through this and then committing to that process no matter what it looks like. Because in order to move through, go through something, you have to go through it. You can't go over it. You can't go around it. You know, what was that? Yeah. There was like the childhood saying or something about that. Um, and so you have to go through it. And so it's committing yourself and saying, okay, am I, gonna, am I ready to devote myself to moving through whatever I need to move through to, to, to reach this place of healing within myself, to release the shame, to release this guilt, to release this fear, whatever is sort of like stopping you. And then the other piece about it is to remain incredibly curious and compassionate. So I think that those two are such are huge keys in really doing anything that's going to be self healing It's because curiosity allows us to be just really open Mm -hmm. to um, what is surfacing. So so being observant of what are the thoughts that are all sitting driving your mind today? What are the dreams that you're having? Well, who are the people you're meeting? What conversations are you having that are triggering the, the F out of you? You know, because whatever then it starts to happen in your life after you've made this declaration is, is there to help you move through it, mm. is there to trigger you to bring up those feelings, right, so that you can move forward. And so that second piece, compassion, self-compassion mm. is so important. So the reaction that a lot of people have when they, when they, they do get triggered, their shame comes up, their guilt comes up, their fear, they're like, oh, no, oh, my God, I have to get rid of this. Oh, God, right? <laughs> we go into this place of sort of self-paralysis. Yeah. And rather than that, can you soften into it? Can you actually lean into what you're feeling mm. instead of blocking and saying, okay, I just have to find a way through to get rid of this? Can you actually invite it in and be friends with it and start asking it questions, ask it what it wants, ask it why it's there? Because the thing is, everything that we feel has incredible wisdom. And that's such a key to, to self-worth is, is being right with all of yourself. So making friends with all parts of yourself. You cannot release anything until we accept it. That's a famous quote by Carl Jung that I just, I just love and I say often because it's just so, so true. And, and I, I see, and I experience even within myself, I think with so many of us, we say, we say that we accept something, but we still really want to like get rid of it and we really want to move through it. And so that's what the journey is about. Like, can you stay with whatever you're moving through and allow it to have its own journey to really trust it, to be like, okay, I'm going to present you 
And I'm going to trust that you will complete and go as soon as you have had your day, as soon as I have fully listened to you, mm. as soon as you are complete, right? Because we, we, we shift and change. And so knowing that whatever you're moving through will shift and change when you fully listen to yourself. And I know there's, there's emotions that come up, let's say shame, something from the past. And we, we say, Hey, what, what's going on? Why, why am I experiencing this shame again? Show me what lesson, show me the gift, show me what I have not yet accepted about you. And we have a communication with it. Um, and then it gets, let's say it gets to a point of completion. I think a lot of us might feel like we've completed some work and then we continue to experience it. Um, what what why does it keep coming up is it is it just not complete do are there deeper levels is that always going to be there what's what's your opinion yeah. on that that's an interesting because actually when i was on my journey of healing my shame um oh i don't want to give it away but i guess i will in this interview um, <laughs> but at the completion of the interview what i realized was that like my shame wasn't going away what had transformed was my relationship to it that I could love my shame. I could love myself and know that it's a teacher for me. So I think that every time, yeah, I mean, we, we move through um, cycles of healing. And so mm-hmm. there's a cycle when our shame's going to come up. And in that moment, it has something to teach us. And every time we move through another cycle mm-hmm. where we meet ourselves with love, every time that cycle gets easier and quicker and we move through it with more grace, more ease. And so, yes, you're, it is going to come up again, but it's not going to knock you over. Mm. It doesn't have to knock you over. You can, and you can be like, okay, yep, there you are again. Hello. Okay. What do you have to teach me? Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> and move on. You know, you can, we can all get to a point like that where we can move through whatever we're feeling really in a place of joy, actually. Mm. Speaking of the curiosity to identify, to locate, to relate to whatever is coming up, is there a process that you recommend or how to communicate with that to be able to to have a relationship with it, to feel it, to acknowledge it, to accept it? Because uh, I'm sure a lot of people might think, hey, I can have a conversation intellectually with it. I can journal about it. Is there any mm-hmm. specific way that you recommend doing that? Hmm. I think... Um to each to each or his or her own um yeah i mean i do definitely recommend simply everybody and i'm sure most of your listeners already have this like i mean just having at least 30 minutes a day where you're simply just listening to yourself Mm. um and rather than just immediately going into um what you are envisioning for yourself but first like really into what is first what is present within yourself Mm. and whether that's speaking it out loud into your phone or Mm. journaling or using oracle cards right Mm. those are beautiful ways we can have a lot of tools actually that help us give these have deeper like mirrors into ourselves where we can sit in self-reflection like a great prompt is if i'm honest with myself then i would say right (laughs) yeah Okay, so if I'm honest with myself, I'd say blank. And so just giving ourselves a prompt, uh, a a starting mm-hmm. point, so that the intuition 
so that the the thing that's trying to bubble up at the surface is trying mm-hmm. to be heard, trying to be seen, trying to be validated, and we just keep pushing it to the side, the emotion yeah. we're ignoring kind of thing. Uh, it, it just, gives us it, permission, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we need to have permission give ourselves permission to voice those parts of ourselves that we don't want to voice that we feel like um make us whatever like not a good enough entrepreneur not enough good enough coach you know um sabotaging our happiness you know all of these things that we're taught actually often in the self self-improvement world because <laughs> there is such a focus on the positive and so we also need a place to have to have our wounds and our shadows really honored and 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 embraced and met with love and so and so yeah I think it that that is a great prompt that that gives us just simple permission to to speak it um, I don't believe that in speaking it we make it a reality in speaking it actually we gain power over it because where it moves it from the unconscious to the conscious What's the difference between speaking it so so that it becomes reality and speaking it to free ourselves from it? Mm. Meaning it within, um, I think, within our own sacred space and our sacred container. Mm. So you're meaning it from from a place of intention and consciousness and love mm-hmm. versus letting it just kind of come out of you, right? <laughs> Of um, and sort of from that um, unconscious place or non-intentional place. So I think that whenever we meet it in a place of like I'm coming now, um, and assuming like assuming that you have all these different parts of yourselves, and it's like you're having sort of a group council, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like knowing I I really I mean I'm a spirit I have a spiritual practice, and I always connect to we connect however we want to connect to source or our highest selves or mm-hmm. spirit, whatever you like to call it, the universe. I like to connect to the earth and to my highest self, and my guides. And so I know that I'm being held in that space as I wit- as I witness, you know, these other, these parts of me that, that need to be witnessed. And so it's on, it's in that place. I love that word witness, you know, it's mm-hmm. where you're witnessing yourself. You're not actually putting this part of you in the driver's seat. Hmm. It's when it's when we put them in the driver's seat, or that part of us takes the takes driver's over. seat, right? <laughs> takes the driver's seat. Sometimes without us even being in awareness. Yeah. Sometimes unconsciously, because I do believe that will happen is if we don't voice it, hmm. that part of us is going to be driving it, you know, because she's going to be like, "Oh, well, you know, they're not going to listen to me, so I'm going to take control." <laughs> this is this is gold, Charlotte. I'm loving it. Um, so I heard the, this group council aspect of different parts of, your, of yourself and some kind of daily practice to allow those parts to be seen, to be heard, to be validated, to be witnessed uh, was a big key word there. And the prompt of, if I'm honest with myself, I'd say that's a great kind of flowing, flowing into whatever wants to come out will come out. Yeah. Another, another little trick I like to share is like, pretend that you are your, be- you, that you are your best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you talk to your best friend if she came to you and she shared all these or he she or he Mm -hmm. shared all these really intimate things that were going on that she was so scared to share how would you meet her right you would meet her from a place of compassion of love you give her a hug you'd say it's it's okay you know and so meet yourself in that place meet yourself as if you are your best friend Mm. rather than your critic 
Yeah. I also also hear like a kind of an innocent little child. How would we treat them? You know, so like, exactly. Yeah. Yes. How yeah. would you treat? Because that oh, yeah. And that's ding, ding, ding. You're getting to the next really great point that I would love to share is that yes, most of these pieces of us, these, um, these, these wounded, these pieces of, of us that feel shame and fear and guilt and all those things they are coming from our inner child. Yeah, they're coming from a very young, a very scared part of ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. So just uh, having that, that inner child relating to it as innocent, uh, with love, without judgment, with curiosity, with compassion, like that's, that whole thing goes into relating to this emotion, not in, as if it's threatening, but rather as if it just, it wants to belong. It's like a part of the whole and it just wants love. So how, yeah. so what is it, what is it like? What does it look like? How can we show this part love? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because when it comes down to it, like we all just want love, you know? I mean, we do. That's human beings. That's our greatest need is, is love. And I believe that as humans, our greatest gift is compassion. Mm. So that's the greatest gift we can give ourselves and others. I love it. How does, uh, how does self-worth play into all of this? Like what is self-worth self in your own words? Did we already cover it? Like what that is? Um, only briefly. So I think this is all self-worth. Self-worth mm. is, is, is how I relate to me is, mm. um, and how I, it's, it's not how I relate to my good days. It's actually, mm. it's actually more importantly, how do you relate to yourself on your bad days? Mm -hmm. How do you relate to all the parts of you? Because it's really easy to relate to, you know, and to love and, and be in a good place with those parts of you that, that other people admire that you show to the world but what about those parts of you that you don't show to the world you know how do you relate how do you come in relationship with those parts and so to me self-worth is is really about wholeness like how can i embrace being fully whole and how can i bring out of the shadows those parts of me that i have for very very long time maybe my whole life like kept kept hidden because i believed that they they made me unworthy that it because I believe that if I share show this part to my parents to my family to my classmates to my teacher I would be rep reprimanded I would I would um, be rejected I would not receive love I mean that's it comes back to that need of receiving love and so and so it's about taking those parts and loving them mm. because when we can love ourselves then we heal those childhood wounds. I hear that there's a conversation, a dialogue that we get to have with ourselves first. What role does sharing these discoveries or having dialogue with others about these things, where does that fit into the whole whole mix? Like when, when and where do we bring in other mm. people? Like, for example, I have a men's mastermind. When, yeah. At what point would it be? effective to share these kinds of things with them? Uh, that's such a good question because it is such a, such an important part of the healing process, going back to being witnessed, not just by yourself, but by others that you trust. And I think that it is, a, it is a step in the healing process. And I think that it is, is as soon as we can come into a place of softness and curiosity as mm. to what we're going through and acceptance as soon as we can look at it 
be like, okay, you know, going to that place of surrender, right? Okay, this is what's going on. <laughs> and then if we come to a place of, you know what? I think, you know, this is in and in sort of being able to work with our higher consciousness, you know, and having our intuition, our highest self. If we have that voice in us that says it is going to be really healing mm. to actually share this with another and be witnessed, receive other support, which, as you know, when you do that, I mean, like shame does not live in open spaces. Shame mm. lives in really hidden, dark, closed spaces. And it, it does. It's like immediately vanishes the shame to do that. But I do think that that is a that is something that we each need to feel into when that when we're ready for that moment, mm -hmm. because we can also overwhelm ourselves. We can go into if we share too much too soon with not the right people, we can get major vulnerability hangers. We can be even more overwhelmed by shame. So starting small, like starting with people you really trust. Mm. You know, I think that's really yeah. Like you have a mastermind. I'm in a mastermind too. I also have groups of of women who I get on calls with every week where we can share these things, where we really trust each other. Um, and so building those networks and those connections with people where you um, all come together and, and share because yeah, it is, it's so healing. Yeah. yeah. And I think even the, the prompt of if I'm honest with myself, I'd say, I think that's such a great prompt to even bring into these circles, right. And, and say, right. Hey, whatever comes out, it's like, what's, what's meant to come out. And I also think, Asking ourselves, hey, are these people who I trust? Am I willing to to go deep with them? Do I do I feel held? Held? Do I feel safe with them? Mm -hmm. I think that as long as we feel good and say, yeah, you know, I'm I'm willing to have this discussion, and I wanna I wanna be the example. I wanna show them that they also have a safe space, and I wanna be that contribution to them as well. I think that's a, a really great yeah. uh, place I would come from. Totally, yeah. And there is something really magical that I've experienced, and you've probably experienced this too many times in those sorts of, of um, sharing in circles, is that as soon as I share it, it's done. It's gone. Like, that's all it wanted. It just wanted to be seen. You know, my feelings just wanted to be seen, and then they're done. And so, yeah, like, we, move, we can move through healing so quickly that way. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I know a concept that you talk about is radical realization. Tell us about that and what that means for you. Sure. So I believe that we all have, um, we have kidding gifts. We have things about ourselves that we've internalized are the opposite of a gift that mm -hmm. are, um, that, that if we shared, like, no, this, no one, no one wants to see that. Who wants to know that about me? No one, you know, so we all have these parts of ourselves. And for me, that was my, my extreme sensitivity. I was very sensitive as a child. I carried and held all of my, my family's emotions, my mom's depression, my dad's anger. And I was so overwhelmed. And I also really felt the, um, the, 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 the collective energy as well. I had chronic stomach aches, you know, and so, I, and then when I would when I would express sort of what I was going on, I, it was just in this really messy way, and because I, I didn't know what I was feeling, and so I and my parent, my family would just get really frustrated with me, and so I got so I internalized this belief that my sensitivity is a burden, and I can't express how I really feel, or I'm going to scare somebody away, and and so 
the radical realization is, you know, coming in when I'm doing this healing journey with myself was that my sensitivity is a gift. It is a gift that I can so pick up on other people's emotions mm. and express them and feel into the pain of, um, of the world. That is an incredible gift. Like sensitivity is such an important gift. And it has for many people it is something that they internalized was wrong. And so I think that we all have that about our childhood, you know, like maybe as a kid, you were always getting yourself in trouble, mm-hmm. right? Maybe you're always running out of the house and there's like, oh, I don't know if this is about yourself. I'm just going to use you as a name. <laughs> oh, Chris, where did, where did he go now? Right. And getting grounded. So, mm-hmm. and, and maybe, and so then you, and so then you, you held yourself back or you went through a wild time in your twenties where you're risk taking um, uncontrollably because it lived in your shadows. Mm-hmm. So the radical realization there would be that like, you know, risk taking is a profound gift mm. of taking chances, of breaking out of the box, right? And so I think we all have these qualities that that we in childhood that our parents, with from no fault of their own, they were just doing the best that they could, um, kind of squashed, <laughs> and so we put it in the hiding. So the radical realization is the things that you are the are most afraid of sharing, the things that you most want to deny about yourself are actually the things that you need to actually put on the front of you and share with the world. And so people can take an inventory of what they feel most ashamed or afraid or try to minimize or minimize and hide from the world. Is it, is it as simple as just looking back at our past and saying what, what, feels like the greatest burden that I have, you know, brought to myself or the people around me and start inventorying like that? I think um, that's one way. And I think also listening to your fears. I think your fears Mm. say a lot about actually what your soul actually really wants you to do. Because what we are afraid of is we is, is something we're reacting against, where we're being guided towards something, and then we're reacting in fear. So our ego reacts in fear when we're growing, we're going towards something. So actually our fears often say exactly what we are being called to move into and through, right? And, and sitting, so I was sitting afraid, with our fears. For example, like I was most afraid of, of sharing my authentic self, my feelings, my journey um, with, with others, with the world. And that's exactly now I know what is my medicine. That's what I'm called to do. Like I'm now I'm putting out a book with my entire <laughs> personal journey that goes, it gets really personal. I'm putting it out to the world, you know? So it's sitting, sitting with that fear in those moments of, of quiet solitude, you know, like a daily practice and seeing what, what's coming up. Like, what am I, what am I afraid of? And being introspective, curious, playful, graceful about that stuff and not being attached, but like, just say, Hey, what's, what, what am I most afraid of? What, what's coming up? What's a theme in my life that keeps repeating itself that I haven't yet integrated or healed. Right. Yeah, because if like, for example, if you're like really afraid of rejection, like Mm -hmm. if you're feeling if you're thinking like, if I do this, I'm so going to be rejected, then it's likely that you just really need to do that so that you can heal your wound of rejection so that you can know that you actually won't be rejected. Actually, you're going to be celebrated. And I know that's like easier said than done. And people ask a lot, like, how do you actually get move through fear? And like, and you probably know this too. You just do it. You don't wait for fear to like go away. You actually meet it and say, 
hello, fear, we're doing it anyway. Well, I think, I think what's really important about that is to make a decision, so to speak, when, when we're in a place of like peacefulness or um, let's say serenity or ease, like when we're seeing the fear from an objective place and then saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plan. Here's my thing that I'm going to go take action on that totally confronts this. And the fear will come up to meet us because like that's that's what we expected. That's that's the reason yeah. why we designed this objective to grow, to become yeah. our greatest possible selves. And in those moments, like what how do we support ourselves? Do we have, you know, coaches? Do we have accountability partners? Do we right. have what totally. whoever who can help us or whatever structure can help us through those moments. I think yes. it's in those silent moments that we can say, I know what I've been resisting. Here's the plan on how I'm going to meet that. Now I get to figure out how do I, how do I support myself through this season of confronting the fear? Yes. Yeah. I love that. Like knowing, knowing in advance, the fear is going to be there. And so how can you create the support to move through the fear? Yeah. 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 That's um, a practical example of this is I was afraid of getting rejected in, in my early entrepreneur days. And I said, okay, what's the best way I can overcome this or I can break through this? And I said, well, I'm also concerned about women and women rejecting me. So I went to Cal State Fullerton in Southern California and uh, I said, I'm going to go ask 50 women for their phone number. And I don't care if I get it or not, but I'm just going to walk up and do it. And if it's a yes, great. If not, if it's a no, great. Either way, I'm just going to keep going and yeah. like, strengthen my muscle around that. So, you know, how, how can we face as many rejections or whatever it is that we're most afraid of as possible so that we're like, we're like bulletproof and, and we're, yeah. we're healed from it, you know? And I love it because you made it playful. You made it into a game. Yeah. You know, I think that's also so key is like not to have everything be so heavy in life and death. It's like, just try something, you know, mm. like allow it to be in that place of play. Like, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to try it and see what happens, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and knowing you're going into something, embracing whatever happens, that everything we're doing is we're just trying it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably a dance because we we can put so much weight. I know I've put so much weight on breaking through things, healing things, dealing with the, the shame. So it's like to really presence ourselves to that playfulness, to that curiosity, mm -hmm. to that wonder, to that childlike mindset right before we're about to do it and, and say, hey, like, how can we play? How can we have fun? How can we try mm -hmm. this? I think that's that's so important. And that's going back, right back to how you open this around like the journey, having it being the journey rather than the finish line, right? So it's like, this is the current challenge, you know, that I am like playing in, yes. in this longer journey. And so how can you be really in that, mm -hmm. in that moment, you know, in this playful space? Because it is the moment. Um, it isn't, you know, where, how the outcome that you're going to get really mm -hmm. isn't about the outcome. It's about the experience itself. Yeah. I love it. Tell us more about your book, Charlotte, and like what, what, was the deciding moment that you said, I'm going to write it? What can people expect when they, when they get into it? I know just even bringing the book into reality, into fruition was a journey in and of itself for you. Tell us a little bit more about the book. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so it was a calling. Um, I, I, writing is something I've just loved to do for a really long time. And I've written, I've written a lot of fiction on my own that I've never felt a calling to publish. It was just for me. And then, 
yeah, well, it was two years ago and I just started, you know, I really want to start writing a book. I want to start writing about my, this self-healing journey I've been on and what I've learned. And so I just started writing and I didn't know where it was taking me. And, and then halfway through, I actually stopped for six months because I don't know, I just didn't feel called to it anymore. And then, and then it came back to me. And I realized that there was a lot of healing I needed to do in the middle to kind of complete it and to go through that second half of it. So, um, so, so yeah, it was actually a, a wonderful experience because writing the book itself was a way for me to integrate my own wisdom. It was a way for me to channel. And actually, I was healing myself worth while I wrote the book. And so the book was its own journey. It wasn't actually, I didn't, while I was writing it, I wasn't thinking how many people is this book going to reach? You know, it was, I just just loved writing it. I love being in that place of deep self-reflection and compassion and love and learning from my own experiences. And so I think that the the reader is really going to experience that too. Um, I, I, something that I really love about this book is that, it is like I do talk to the person that's reading the book, right? I'm not being like declarative and preachy. I'm not just in my own world. I'm in a conversation with you where I'm sharing my journey and reflect and offering moments of reflection for you mm. to feel into where you connect with this journey, what you're receiving from it. And then at the end of each chapter, there is a practice for you to do um, because each chapter is framed around a wounding belief that I released and a truth I discovered about myself. So that practice is there for you to then heal that, heal your wounding belief that is connected to your self-worth and to discover your own truth. So there's different chapters around these beliefs that you picked up that were not true and how you healed from them. Uh, is it chronological? Is there, what, what's like the ordering? Is it like the, the ordering of beliefs that in how you overcame them chronological in terms of the chapters? Like how, how did you structure the book? <laughs> it went through many different iterations of structuring, by the way, in the editorial process. But it's somewhat chronological. It does start off um, with the roots um, in childhood. And then the first section is really all about relationships and how um, it's, it's about, I, it's called I Am Worthy of Love. And it's really about how, um, how we can reframe self-worth from a place of loving ourselves versus receiving someone else's love. Because when we're children, we think that to be worthy, we have to receive love from our parents. And that's the initial wound, right? And so it's really that transformation of how we can then instead discover self-worth within ourselves by loving ourselves. And then the second section is all about my, my journeys, my, my highs and very lows through my, my career path and how I went down many different career paths that were really wrong for me. And what I learned every step of the way and how I then came to that moment of surrender. And that's called I'm worthy of being the real me. Mm. Or, um, because that was the moment where I really learned the gifts of self-acceptance, mm. the gifts of surrender, the gifts of listening to my emotions. And that's when you, you know, that's like in that place of like, can I be worthy mm. when I feel like my life is a freaking wreck? <laughs> Because yes, you can. You are worthy, even when you think your life is a wreck. <laughs> and then the third section is 
my journey of becoming an entrepreneur and of developing my gifts um, as um, a intuitive guide, as a coach, and now as a as a mentor, um, as a healer, really. And uh, my journey towards that of really realizing that I had a deeper healing journey that I was on. It wasn't just about arriving at this one job. <laughs> And then the final piece is, is just continues that and it's, I'm worthy of happiness. And that's really, that's like, how do you live day to day in a way where you're shifting, you're, you're crafting your world in a way that makes you happy versus this ideal versus ideals that you may be taught or that you may be carrying that really aren't true. This is so powerful. I love it. So this is this is the first book that you're publishing, right? And um, mm-hmm. you're writing this as a, a healing journey for you. I think anyone who is feeling like they're lacking worthiness, they're not feeling love, they're not feeling happiness, they're not feeling like their greatest possible selves, this would be a really great resource for them to just have some practices, have some reflection, a conversation with you to be able to check in with what's blocking them, what's feeling out of alignment, where where do they not feel connected with being complete and being worthy and being loved. Yeah, yeah. That's good. It's so good. What is your vision with the book? Like, where where do you see this going, taking you? What what do you see in the future? <sighs> well, my vision is for, and the book is 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 written um, primarily for women. Though I do believe there are a lot of men who are going to really um, benefit for, from it as well. But I I, I think that women more suffer from wounds of self worth than men do. I don't know if you mm-hmm. agree with that, but. So the so it so it's written for women, and so my intention is for as many women as possible who need this book to receive it. However, the book comes into their hands. I mean, I'm really open to this book having a journey of her own and reaching whoever she needs to in whatever way. And so, I as as her mother or as her author, I I'm just simply opening up as many pathways for that to happen. Um, so that make, means making decisions like I'm self-publishing it because I knew that I needed to be responsible for this book's journey um, and that it wasn't in alignment for me to give it over to a publisher. Mm-hmm. It also means that, for example, like I'm not just selling out on Kindle Select, right? I'm also selling hard copies of it. I'm opening it to being in bookstores, in libraries, wherever it can get to. Um, I really want, it's not for me about the individual book sales. I mean, those will be great, <laughs> but it's really about setting this book free mm-hmm. and allowing it to be passed to person to person to person. And that's, that's the vision I have, really, is the book will take on a life of her own. And I trust that in that journey, like, I will be deeply, deeply gifted. Mm-hmm. It will take me exactly where it'll feed me in return, however it, it's going to. I love how you address the book as a woman, as a being, right? Like yeah. a life of her own. It's, it's yeah. this like living thing that's going out and connecting and serving. And it's like a piece of you, a part of you that you are giving to the world to be able to, to heal and serve and um, just remind women that they're not alone and that they're worthy. Right. Yeah, exactly. And men and men yes. who relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love it. Um, I wanted to ask something about doing this book, getting your message out, being a, a coach and a mentor and a healer. How do you balance serving people and showing up in the kind of influencer, leader, thought leader role, as well as creating happiness and playing and having fun without, let's let's say, having the intention of of serving someone else and serving people in the world? How do you marry the two? How do you bring the two together? I think it's really from balance and how you structure your day, honestly. I mean, like a huge shift happened for me the day that I realized that I shouldn't just wake up and like get on my phone and start responding to emails yes. and like creating content. <laughs> yes. Like I, I actually, I spend the first four hours of my day serving myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I journal with my dreams. I meditate. I eat breakfast. I go to yoga. I walk my dog. I shower. You know, I'm doing all of the, I mean, I, I, I like I get up at six and I, I don't start working until 10. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And so can you prioritize yourself as a first thing in your day? I mean, it's, it's like those simple switches that make mm. huge differences because it just, then you're, then you're starting your day from you, from serving you. And then that creates the rest of the structure of the day. So can I do all, meet all my own needs before I start listening to client messages, mm. before I start writing social posts, before I start responding to emails? So good. I love it. I love it. I think I really love how you start at 10. Me and my girlfriend, we usually start at 11 uh, in our day because she likes to sleep in. She's a, she's a, uh, she likes to sleep until like seven. I'm like, okay, okay, we'll do that. Um, but I, I, I love it because the first part of our day is like the, dedicated to our morning routine, really having the spaciousness, the feeling of not being in a rush because it can be so easy to get up and just be like, okay, let's check things off the box. And yeah. it becomes a completionist kind kind of I get my worthiness from from right. action from from yeah. like completion and progress and stuff and it's like no 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 like how do I how do I recognize that I'm already more than enough I'm already totally worthy totally love and just to to I think it's it's the action and intention of giving ourselves the spaciousness especially of those like 30 minutes of saying hey what's what's going on you know if I'm if I'm being honest with myself what 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 wants to come through right now Am I, am I hearing myself? Am I hearing my soul? Right. Am I hearing my intuition? And that is like literally the most valuable thing that we can do all day long is give ourselves that space and that grace and that love to say, what, what, what's coming through, soul? What do you have to share yeah. with me? And I, I think that's, that's yeah. honoring our highest, highest self. Yeah. And honoring that, like committing to, the, to that type of schedule, whether you wake up feeling like shit or whether you wake up, wake up feeling great. Because if you feel like shit, you might, yeah, like you said, be like, oh, God, I need something to fix this. I need to fill myself. I'm going to check my emails. Something to be like, okay, I am okay, right? And so can you feel like shit and be like, I'm going to embrace this morning, embrace this process to feel into why I'm feeling it like shit, to embrace, to, to, to have some comfort for, with yourself, so self-care, do things that actually make you feel loved, make you feel comforted, make you feel nourished. Um, so that you can have more energy for your day. And if you wake up feeling amazing, then like, can you be in a place of gratitude for yourself and, and for your life and to be in that place of like, yay, celebration, you know, on your own before you start celebrating it and sharing it with other people. I love it. We've covered so much gold in this, Charlotte. I want to know if there's any final takeaways, things that you wanted to share with our audience about around being worthy, anything that we didn't cover yet in the interview. The only little thing is that like I at the beginning you read my bio and 
I, yeah. And so the only thing I just want to express is that at the very end, you know, I say how I, my passion is helping people take those difficult pieces and transform them into gold. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I just want to like reiterate that and, and, and explain that, that these, there it always is gold within whatever you're struggling with. And there, and, and my passion is, is really helping people transform that. And because I do believe everything that we're served is a gift. Every emotion that we feel is a gift and is here to serve us and is going to gift us with wisdom, with insights, with growth in an amazing way. And so, um, so I just wanted to reiterate that, that it's, it's not just about moving through something. It's actually about being receiving something through every experience. I love it. I love it, Charlotte. This is gold, gold, gold. And I want to tell people how they can stay connected with you and what do we want them to do next? Sure. Well, um, so my book is coming soon. It's just a few weeks out from launch on November 5th mm -hmm. is where it'll go be live on Kindle and in print very soon after that. Okay. And so they, they can go to um, tobeworthybook.com and get on the list where you'll be notified exactly when it goes live so you can order your copy. I love it. And when this podcast airs, uh, it'll be already released so people oh. will be able to, to find it on Amazon. They'll be able to find it, uh, you know, all the, they oh, just perfect. Google it, you know, to be worthy book as well as I'm sure on the website, you'll be able to, people will be able to purchase copies there yes. as well. Yeah, there'll be links on the on the website to the yeah the Amazon order pages. Yes, sweet. So people can get yeah. your book, and how would they contact you directly if you know something you said share, struck a chord with them and they felt like you know called to connect with you? How could they do that, Charlotte? Um, they can at charlotte at bigbeautifulbreakthrough.com. You can email me, or you can friend me on Facebook and uh, send me a message in Facebook Messenger. I love it. I love it. So they would spell your name C H A R L O T T E E L E A. And right. I know you have an accent mark on your on your <laughs> E of your last name. Yes. <laughs> I yes. think they can if they just spell it Alea, like they can find you like yeah, that. Yeah, they'll find me. Yeah. yeah. Cool. 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 There, um, I, awesome. I think I'm the only Charlotte Alea out there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, Charlotte. You are just amazing, bringing so much love and compassion, space and grace to people and to whatever they're going through. And I know that the world needs that today. And a lot of people are, are counting on you, counting on this book. So keep sharing it. Keep, you know, just showing up, playing, having fun and trusting that everything's working out. It's, it's been an honor to, to have you on. Thank you, Chris. It's really been an honor to talk with you today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and we'll see you soon. Okay. From the bottom of my heart, Thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? 
Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality and make every day your best day ever. Thank you.